0: Good morning, how's everybody doing great get your Bible turn to Philippians chapter four looking at some of your favorite verse today Philippians 4 what 13 11 through 13 you know the verse and you probably know what it means Mostly, but what if I can explain it in such a way that makes you even more excited by its truths today? That's my goal. Looking at this from the modern King James Version, Philippians 4, verse 11. Not that I speak according to need, for I have learned to be content in whatever state I am in. I know both how to be abased and I know how to abound. In everything and in all things, I'm instructed both to be full and to be hungry, both to, both to abound and to suffer need. And here it is. And I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Let me look back at that for a second. I've learned to be content in whatever state I'm in. That's key to understanding verse 13. Verse 13 is a fun verse to use in any situation where that we need to to say, I can do all things to Christ through Christ who strengthens me. But let's look at it more in its context. It starts off by saying, I have learned to be content in whatever state I am in. That's going to help because if you haven't learned to be content, then I don't know what good it's going to do for Christ to help you do all things. Because I don't know how many all things you're going to do for Christ if you haven't learned to be content. In fact, if you haven't learned to be content, you're probably not doing a whole lot for Christ. You're doing a whole lot for you. We're just now getting started. Might as well perk up. Some of y'all that know me know it's probably not going to get any better. (laughs) You say, why do we keep coming here? I know how to be way down here, he said. And I know how to be way up here because I've been both. I know what it's like to be Thanksgiving full and all kinds of hungry. I know how to be rich and I know how to be poor, he said, because I've seen a little bit of both. But I can do all things or any of those. I've learned to be content in any state that I'm in. So whether here or there or there or there, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Taking this verse to another level. This is Paul writing. If you studied his life, you know that he's been in many difficult, in fact, impossible, right? Would you say impossible situations? I've been building on blocks for the last couple of weeks. You didn't even know it because I didn't tell you, but we're in a sermon series. And we started two weeks ago talking about how that nothing is impossible for God. You remember that? And we said that nothing is impossible, that he can do anything. And then we said that nothing is impossible. And that's something different. That means that he can do anything except he can't do nothing. He has to do something. It's who he is. He's constantly doing something. Remember, he's an ING God. An active God. So Paul has been in a lot of impossible situations, but nothing is impossible for God and nothing is impossible for God. So Paul has come through all of those impossible situations like being stoned until he's dead and getting back up and going back into the same city where the folks were that just stoned him because nothing is impossible for God. He's been in some impossible situations. So, impossible is not a big deal for God. But Paul has learned in all of those conditions, he has learned to be content. Learned is not necessarily. Uh, A chosen response, but a necessary response for all of us at every season of our life, we are learning something. So Paul didn't say, I woke up one day content. I was way up here and I was way down here and I woke up one day and I was like, man, I'm good with this, whatever. Whatever. I have learned, he said, by the process of living and being and experience. What he's basically saying, he didn't say here, man, I'm, I'm great with being way down here. I'm really good with being way down here. No, he just said, I've been down there and I've been up here. Doesn't say what he chooses. If he's like me, he'd say, I prefer up here. But I have learned without the ability to do otherwise to get through the impossible situations because nothing was impossible for God. And he says, I can do all things. And we learned last week that Christ was all. That Jesus is enough. And we made that declaration by saying. Christ is all. He is all. He's everything. It is finished. I add nothing. Jesus is enough. Paul says, I've been in impossible situations, but nothing's impossible for God. And I've learned that I can do all things. How can I do all things through all? Who is all? Christ. And I can do all things because Jesus is enough. I can do all things through Christ. Because Christ is all. That's why I don't have to be burdened with the weight of this world Because nothing is impossible for God and Jesus is enough and I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. See how this is all working together. Let's break this down. Let's break down our favorite part of these verses. Let's break down verse 13. Paul says I can do all things. Because Christ is all, and he is my God, and because of that, I can do all things. D.L. Moody used to tell a story about the shepherds in the highlands of Scotland, and he said that every once in a while, the sheep would wander away from the rest of the fold, and they would go in search of sweeter grass, and Sometimes they would find that grass down on the ledges. And the sheep would desire the grass so badly that they would jump down 10 or 12 feet to the ledge to eat the grass. And then realize that they couldn't get back up. And the shepherd would hear the bleeding of the sheep. And he would go and locate the sheep, but he wouldn't rescue it at that point. He would leave it there until it had eaten all the grass. And until it had gotten hungry again. In fact, until it had gotten so faint. That it was about to pass out. And then he would lower a rope around the sheep and pull it back to safety. When questioned why that was the approach, he said, because they'd learned that if they went down to the sheep while it was still strong, the sheep would panic and jump over the ledge and kill itself. They had to wait until the sheep was too faint to move. It reminds me of the condition of us as believers being referred to as sheep. And how that we're always in constantly looking for that better grass somewhere. And by going after it, we find ourselves in dangerous situations. And sometimes we can't understand why God doesn't rescue us immediately. Okay, God, I got down here and I made a mistake and I'm willing to admit that, but come and get me. Until we pray and we pray and we pray until we're just about to give up. Anybody ever been there where you're just about to give up and you've just fought and wrestled and scraped and tried and done everything you could. And eventually when you're just resolved to, well, this is it. You wonder, now here comes the rope. Why couldn't you do this? When I first ran out of grass. Why didn't you do this when the bill got here and I prayed immediately? Until waiting like the day it's due. Why didn't you come and get me? When the relationship was being threatened instead of waiting until we had to go to counseling. Why you wait so long, God said, because you're so dumb. That had I came for you before this, you would have jumped off the off the cliff. The only thing that saved your life was me waiting on you to get desperate. See, I can't do anything of much value by myself. Boy, I'm just going to tell you right now. I know you're all smarter than I am, but sometimes I do dumb things. I don't always make the right decision, even though you find people around me will tell you. I spend enough time doing it. I'm not going to make them real quick, but still sometimes they may not be the right one. How is it that I can do all things? Because sometimes it appears that I can't do anything. Right? Paul says that I can do all things. It's because of this promise. I can do all things because nothing is impossible for God and because Jesus is enough. And because God can do anything and Jesus is enough. I'm the benefactor. That means I can bear any trial. I can perform any duty. I can subdue any evil. I can meet any temptation. I can do anything I have to do, need to do, am called upon to do. I can do it. Let's add to it through Christ. I could do all things through Christ. Let me quote Barnes. I love the way he comments about this verse of Scripture. I don't usually read to you, but I'm going to today. I want you to hear what he says. He said, trials and temptations and poverty and want and persecution may await us, but we need not sink into despondency. At every step of life, Christ is able to strengthen us and can bring us triumphantly through what a privilege it is, therefore, to be a Christian. To feel in the trials of life that we have one friend, unchanging and most mighty, who can always help us. How cheerfully should we engage in our duties and meet the trials that are before us, leaning on the arm of our almighty Redeemer. Let us not shrink from duty. Let us not dread persecution. Let us not dread or fear the bed of death. In all circumstances, Christ, our unchanging friend, can uphold us. Let the eye and the affections of the heart be fixed on him. Let the simple, fervent, believing prayer be directed always to him when trials come and when temptations assail and when duty presses hard upon us and when a crowd of unholy and forbidden thoughts rush into the soul and we shall be safe. Isn't that good? Why? Let me tell you why. I can do all things through Christ for this reason. Because the scripture says that I am in Christ. That's how I'm going to do everything through Christ because I'm in Christ. Outside of Christ, it can do nothing, right? We've established that. I can't do anything but in Christ. There's something about that. that get in your spirit. Because you are his believer, you are not just a part of his family. You're, you're in the family. And the scripture says that you are in Christ. You are in In that substance that that I don't even know how to communicate that to you. I don't know if you're understanding what I'm trying to tell you. He's not just around you. He's not just with you. He's not just beside you. You are in Christ. Pastor, I can't do the things I'm being asked to do. No, you can't. You're exactly right. You can't. But you can do all things through Christ. Because you're in Christ. Let's add to it. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. The word strengthen there means to empower or to enable. You know what the Messiah, you know who the Christ is. He's the Messiah. Who is the Messiah? He is the anointed one. Am I right? Still with me? Wave at me. Still with me? Still awake? He is the Messiah. The Messiah or the anointed one of God is. Is the one who is empowering and enabling me to do all things. How does he do that? It's good stuff. He does that by filling us with his power. Hmm. The power of the Holy Spirit. The power of God is here right now and available to any believer who will seek him. I want you to hear this sentence. I can do all things needed, necessary, called for by being full of the power of the one who is more than enough. By being full of the power. Because the same power that enabled Christ to do all things has now been made available to us. I don't know if we get that or not. Nothing's impossible for God. And now we are operating in the same power that raised Jesus. Who is all from the dead. And that same Christ we are in and he is in us. And he said, I'm going to go away so that I can send you a comforter. I'm going to go away so I can send you power. Oh, and that's not all he said. I got to give you something else here. John 14. Jesus said, I guarantee this truth. Those who believe in me will do the things I am doing. They will do even greater things because I'm going to the father and I will do anything. You ask the father in my name so that the father will be good glory because of the son. If you ask me to do something, I will do it. I didn't say that. <clears throat> That's what Jesus said. That's what Christ said. Holy Ghost power. If you ever imagined yourself doing greater things than Jesus, you say, "Oh, that's sacrilege. I can't even let myself think about that." I can't even allow myself to think like that. That's wrong. He's God and I'm not God and I He didn't say you'd be God. You'll never be God. You'll never be little gods. You'll never be angels. You'll never have wings. You're just going to have glorified bodies, but you'll always be created beings. Yet somehow Jesus said he wanted you. It wasn't sacrilegious. It was his will that you would do the things he did and even greater. Why? Not so that you'll take away from him. Not so you'll get the glory and the praise. But because by you doing those things in his name, he receives all the glory and the praise from those things. D.L. Moody, I talked about him already, but I'm talking about him a little bit more. He was speaking to a large audience one day and he, he held up an empty glass. And he asked the congregation, he said, how can I get the air out of this glass? And somebody said, only way you can do it is suck it out with a pump. And He said, if I did that, it'll create a vacuum and it'll shatter the glass. So he took comments from people. Finally, when they were all exhausted, he smiled and he picked up a vase of water and he began to pour the water into the glass. And as the glass was filled with the water, guess what happened to the air? He went on to explain that victory in the Christian life is not accomplished by taking out a sin here and there, but by being filled With the Holy Spirit. Mm. Another time he said. "I, I believe firmly. That the moment our hearts. Are emptied of pride and selfishness. And ambition. And everything that's contrary to God's law. The Holy Spirit will fill every corner. Of our hearts. But if we're full of pride and conceit. And ambition in the world. There's no room for the Spirit of God. We must be emptied before we can be filled. I, I, I won't argue with him, but I would take that one step further. I've never yet figured out how to empty myself. Are you with me? Don't you try? If I could ever get empty of myself, that's been a goal. But I think I figured something out and it wasn't until this morning. I quit focusing on emptying, instead focusing on filling. Emptying requires the work in me. Filling requires an openness by me and a work by Him. I can't empty myself enough, Lord. I can't get empty enough. I'm going to try. I'm going to confess. I'm going to repent. I'm going to walk as good as I can. But here's what I, here's going to be the key to this thing. The key is this. That daily, that daily, somehow I will find a way... To put myself in a position to be filled by the Holy Spirit. And I'm going to need it every day. Just like that glass. Somebody will take a drink of the water. Evaporation will get to it. Something will happen. It won't stay full. And as it begins to empty, Brad, it won't do me any more good to try to suck the air out of the glass. I just need the Holy Spirit to fill it on to the top. Wow, that's some stuff right there. Paul said, ooh, let's talk about it a minute. I've been up, I've been down. I've been hungry, I've been full. I've been rich and I've been poor, but I've learned by walking with Jesus. To be content in all things. I've learned in impossible situations that. Nothing is impossible for God. That he must move on my behalf. I've learned that Jesus is enough because Christ is all and I'm able to do all things in Christ. But I can't do all things unless. I'm in Christ and so I. Need to be full of Christ but since I can't empty myself enough I decided to just let him fill me every day. I must put myself in a position to be filled every day. Pastor, I don't have that kind of time. I, I don't have time to get down on my knees every day and pray like I do every once in a while here when we're in revival or, or when the spirit's moving. In the sp- I'm not talking about that. I know you're busy. I know you don't have a lot of time. I know sometimes you just barely get through a day. I understand all that. Every season of life is different. But that part of it usually doesn't change all that much. You're going to stay busy all of your life. But here's what's going to happen. You're either going to be empty or you're going to be full. And that's going to be your choice. I don't get full by spending the same eight hours every morning on my knees. I get full By 30 minutes here, by 40 minutes there, by two minutes there, by one minute in a car on the way to a meeting there. I just don't ever allow it to get depleted. I got to find a way to keep it in my mind. I got to figure out how to keep the tank full all the time. So a minute here, a minute there, two minutes here, whatever it takes. It's a condition of the heart and the mind where your mind says, I know what happens to me when I get depleted. I don't think right. I don't talk right. I don't act right. I end up doing things I have to repent for. Instead of that, here's what I want to be conscious about. I want want to consciously be aware of my need to be filled. You say, will it happen? Holy Spirit will remind you. He's running with you all the time. He's not going to take over, but whatever you allow, he'll, He'll do. So there I am in my car. I'm on the way to a meeting. Lord, I know I just prayed two hours ago, but I'm headed to a meeting. I don't have any idea what I'm going into. I don't know what the, what the motives are. I don't know what's going on with these. Lord, top it off. Top it off. Top it off before you get there. Don't go in there with any air in a glass. Top it off. I love that verse of scripture, don't you? I can do all things that Christ has strengthens me. You won't just quote it so flippantly now. In the past, it meant, man, I can get through anything. It means a whole lot more, doesn't it? So I'm going to ask you this question as we begin to conclude our time together. We're finishing up a little early for a reason. We need to, we, this is one of those days. We got to get on our knees. We got to get on our face. We got to top it off. So I'm going to ask you the question. Are you content? Start right there before you go any further. And most of you, most of you probably will say, no, I'm really not. If I, if I be really honest with myself, I'm not content. I spend the majority of my day being discontent. The majority of my prayers are all about me. The majority of my time with God is all about me talking to him and telling him what I need and want and got to have. No, Pastor, I'm really not content. I'm still learning to be content. I'm still learning to be content. I've learned I can be content in some things, but I've, I'm not like Paul. I haven't learned to be content in all things. Is that you? Then you spend the first few minutes of this prayer time this morning telling the Lord. I may not be content, God, but I'm aware of my discontent. Would you remind me? Would you remind me tomorrow? Remind me tomorrow to choose to be content. If things don't go the way I want them to. If I'm happy or if I'm sad, if I'm up or if I'm down in all things, would you remind me tomorrow? Would you teach me? To be content, that's a tough prayer. How many are willing to pray that prayer? Teach me to be content. I have learned to be content in all things. If you're not content, start there. Here in a minute we're gonna come to pray. You're gonna come down and learn learn to learn to be content. Number two, are you productive? Because if you're not content, you're not productive. If you're not content, you may see seasons of productivity but they'll be infrequent and they won't be consistent is anybody totally productive? no I mean we all get we all get sidetracked from time to time but there's some people that spend more time getting back on track than they ever do staying on and there is no productivity in that wavering instability up and down up and down up and down There's no productivity in that type of an inconsistent life. Sit there for a minute and weigh, weigh in the balances your productivity. Am I productive? And the third question would be this. Am I full of the Holy Ghost? Because if I am not, I'll... As a believer, I'm going to make it. I'll, I'll, I'll somehow get through. But I want to live that overcoming, victorious, more than a conqueror kind of life. I want to get so full. See, that's what people don't understand about the Holy Ghost. When you seek the Holy Spirit, you're not seeking tongues. You're seeking a fullness. But I want to get so full of the Holy Ghost... That the water starts running over the side of the glass. Here's how that happens. When the water runs over the side of the glass. It doesn't turn to steam. It doesn't turn to ice. Does it? Where are you going with that pastor? When you get so full of the Holy Ghost. That you can't contain it anymore. The evidence of that. That will be an unknown language pastor i've never done that you saying i'm not full of the holy ghost i'm saying you're not as full of the holy ghost as you could be i'm saying you got a glass and somewhere it's getting close I'm but I'm going to tell you something. There's nothing like that experience when it gets so full that it runs over the edges. And that's the place you want to live in. You want to live in that place where that it not just happens one time at church camp when you're 12 years old, but that you live a daily life so close to the Lord that every day or every few at least you find yourself communicating to God in that heavenly language just back and forth. You're talking to him. It's not at the restaurant. It's not in public. People say, do it for me. You, you can't do you can't just I'm not talking about that. I'm I'm talking about that language that's in you that you find yourself by yourself with nobody else around and you're just communicating to God and He's filling that tank. If, you can't, if you've if you been filled with the Holy Spirit but you can't remember the last time that it overflowed, it's been too long. You call yourself a Pentecostal all day long and you are. But if you can't remember the last time that you acted like one. That means you're not full of the Holy Ghost. Paul said, I've learned to be content. And I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. How does Christ strengthen us? He said, I'm going to go away. Because if I don't go away, then you'd be, you'd be hampered. Understand, he said, if I, if I don't go away, that means I would just stay here. And that'd be awesome for y'all Twelve. But I'm going to go away so I can send a comforter that can be with seven billion at one time. Dwelling in them, filling them, convicting them, empowering them, equipping them. Aren't you glad Jesus went away? I'm glad he's coming back, but I'm glad he went away. He hadn't have gone away. The Holy Spirit couldn't have come. So here you go. Am I content? Am I productive? Am I full of the Holy Ghost? If any of that speaks to you this morning, don't get up and walk out that door. Come down here and get on your knees and tell the Lord, and then listen. For those of you that want to be filled with the baptism of the Holy Spirit, you know how you do it. You don't have to have anybody pouring oil on your head. Nobody has to scream, pull down the fire. and Somebody else is screaming, Lord, send the rain. You don't know if you're supposed to catch on fire or drown. I've been in that kind of mess. You don't take all of that. It is a one of those good and perfect gifts that God gives to believers. Good and perfect gift, just like your salvation. How do you receive your salvation? By faith. How are you going to receive the Holy Ghost? By faith. You believed Christ when he said he'd come to save you. Believed enough to be saved. Okay, then believe enough to be filled. Do I have to beg? Nope. Do I have to do I have to? Is it going to happen whenever I can say all of the foreign-made vehicles very quickly together? Honda, Toyota, Suzuki, Mitsubishi. That's not going to do it for you. But here's what will happen. When you get locked into that place with him and you just start worshiping Him, and you've told Him that you want to be filled, and you, you've, you've, you've listened to the Holy Spirit, and you, you've everything He you convicted you of, you've repented of, and now you're just in that place with Him. You're just waiting on Him. You're worshiping Him. And all of a sudden, from somewhere, you'll feel this thing start to well up in that deepest innermost part of you you'll hear something starting to move in there you'll hear a voice starting to speak there'll be something that'll start happening and you'll be like i don't know what that means you'll hear a syllable you'll hear a word you'll you'll hear a sentence there'll be something and when you hear it just speak it and when you speak it it will be added to nobody's got to have a hold of your head I received the baptism of the Holy Spirit sitting in the living room floor by myself. Nobody was even in the house. God, fill me with the Spirit. I want to walk in power every day. I want to walk in all the power that God has. Today, somebody wants to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Somebody wants to be content. Somebody wants to be productive. Whoever I'm talking to, very quickly, get up out of your seats right now. Get up out of your seats and come down here around these altars. Kneel around these altars and all around the rest of this place, they're going to lead us and they're going to sing. And as they sing, I want us to just worship the Lord and turn this place into a house of prayer. You didn't come here today just to sing some songs and listen to me talk. You came here today to encounter the living God. You came here today to meet up with the creator of the universe. You came here today to be empowered and equipped by that person. Don't leave here today. You don't have to leave here without receiving from Him. Come down if you want to be content. Come down if you want to be productive. Come down if you want to be full of the Holy Ghost and let God begin to speak to you.